it's also hard not to start with the word so. I think that's been our problem for the whole entire run of this show. Which is kind of your thing. Sure. Yeah. All right, now that we have that out of the way. Uh-huh. So this is going to be our uh, big uh, year-end show where we take a look back. It's a clip show of our best, uh, our best moments. Yeah, no, yeah, you've um, meticulously gone back over the dozens of hours of recordings over this last year, and you've, you've pieced together what I think is a very nice uh, clip show. And with that, enjoy the show. <laughs> that, that does seem just like a, a, an extreme amount of work. I'm sure it does. But I wouldn't have to do it, so therefore, don't mind volunteering you at all. Yeah, yeah, that's very, very generous of you. Sure. Okay, so before we get into things, do you want to talk? Uh, I've, I've got two brief topics, or okay. two little things. Sure. So let's talk about basketball a little bit. Okay. Um, you, see, I was, you, uh, sound, you sound very, um, I don't know. Because you can get mad at me. But I was looking at, <laughs> when I wanted to see, because uh, it seemed like uh, there was a big... Uh, string of like hopefulness and, and excitement around the warriors when they were like they made it to 24 now was it right and then like i was just wondering like because i don't know the regularity of games in uh, the nba so i was kind of like oh like what what are they up to now so i just looked up the uh standings in the different conferences is that the word they're called yeah yeah okay and then i looked at the lakers mm-hmm. and i just have a question are they literally Five wins and twenty-five losses. Yeah, how is that even possible? It's quite the feat, really. I mean, in in some ways, you can make an argument that it's even more impressive than what the Warriors are doing. <laughs> it takes that much effort to lose that badly, but you can just chance yourself into that many wins. Right. Exactly. So is Kobe even playing, or is this just because it's, it's good by year? He just sits on the bench and just maybe plays two minutes. Like, no, he he plays a lot. So uh, he's trying. Yeah, I, I, my guess is what you would call it. I mean, he's playing a lot. He's just not playing very well. So it's not that he just never gets the ball or that like nobody's helping him. It's that he himself just isn't shooting well. That's right. Again, I think we've said this in the past, but that, that just kind of stinks. Like, just to go out like he, with such a storied career, just kind of, man. Well, so let's, let me explain one of the um, conundrums, as you're famous for using um, that I'm in, which is, so the Lakers, as part of the Steve Nash trade a couple of years ago, gave up a lot of their first round picks over the next handful of years, including uh, this year's pick, their their 2015-2016 pick. And the way that it works in um, the NBA, act, so actually, technically, this, is, this was last year's pick, but I'll, I'll get to that in a second. Um, the way that you can trade picks is you can protect them. So you can say like top three protected or top 10 protected. And what that means is that if the draft pick is in the top three or the top 10 or whatever threshold you set, you get to keep it and then you don't have to give it away until the following season. And so the way this particular pick worked as part of this Steve Nash trade was last year, um, it was I think like top seven protected, something like that. And then this year, it's top three protected. And so, basically, we want the Lakers to lose so that they can then have a better chance of keeping their draft pick, which is a really crummy position to be in. Well, is that a position to be in, or is that a strategy? Because that sounds like a really crappy strategy. Just, like... 
Well, it, it's it it's a um, it it just speaks to kind of what's wrong with the league's draft system, or one of the things that's wrong with the league's draft system is there is sort of this weird incentive for certain teams like the Lakers to to basically tank. Now, in the case of the Lakers, I don't even think they're actually trying. I think they are just legitimately a really bad team. But in a lot of ways, when when the Lakers are where they are now, where they're obviously well out of playoff contention and you know, there really isn't anything to play for this season. Well, they can come back. <laughs> right. Um, like for to for to them, like to go on a big win streak right now and still and still be way behind doesn't really do them any good. Whereas if they continue to lose games and they end up with one of the worst couple of records in the league, they end up with a really strong chance of, of keeping their draft picks. So it's 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 a weird it's a weird position to be in. It was the same thing last year where their draft pick had to be, I, I think it was the bottom seven or top seven, depending on how you look at it, I guess. Um, it's just, it's kind of a, it's just, it's a crappy thing to root for. So is there a stated plan like for the, the post Kobe era Lakers? Like, do they think they will have like a, a central player to get behind or like a solid core of the team? Or is it still going to be like a multi-year rebuilding effort and they have no, no real direction even after this year? They don't really have any real direction right now. I mean, it's it's the same it's, as it's been the last couple of seasons where they're hoping to land a big free agent in the offseason. That's that's kind of been their strategy the last couple of summers. It hasn't worked out. Um, this year's free agent class is not very deep. There really just aren't going to be that many marquee players available. Um, they do have a couple of promising younger players, but... You know, those guys are still going to be a couple of years away, at least from being able to make a big difference. So they really are going to have to land a big free agent. And, you know, the Lakers have a history of being able to do that. But the last couple of seasons, that has not been the case. So I guess my final question on this is, are there any major players that don't have a contract like right now? Like, is I don't even know if Carmelo Anthony still plays, but... Like, if he or LeBron or a Dwayne Wade or something, like, would any of them ever be like, this is my opportunity to, like, form a new team, sort of? Or just be that bedrock of, like, of a new, hopefully prosperous team? Um, I mean, one of those players could. So, like, LeBron will be a free agent this summer. Um, Dwayne Wade actually also will be. Um, but there's there's been a shift away from just playing for the big market teams like if, you, if you're a big player in the nba you know it used to be where if you played in la or you played in new york or miami you were part of this big market that was part of your ability to market yourself individually but now with social media and with kind of just the ubiquity of like nba league pass and all these different ways of watching the league now that's not really that important. So like if you're someone like Kevin Durant who's going to be the biggest free agent this offseason who you know does legitimately I think or uh, I think there is legitimately a possibility that he'll leave his current team, you know, the, he could still stick with a small market team like Oklahoma City and still be one of the most recognizable players in the league. So, so does that mean he it's only a money play? It's just whoever will pay him the most? Well, no, that's the other thing in the NBA is that there's a salary cap and there's maximum contract um, values and everything. So it's not like the Lakers can just go out and, you know, spend more than any other teams. And as a matter of fact, the way the NBA is, is 
whatever player um, or whatever team a player is currently on, they have the right to offer the largest contract. They can offer one more year than anyone else. It's like when Kevin Durant's a free agent this summer, every other team can only offer him up to a four-year contract, whereas the Thunder can offer him a five-year contract. Hmm. Interesting. And there's also like the NBA is crazy this offseason too because the new TV deal kicks in and the the salary cap is directly correlated with the amount of revenue that the league is bringing in and the TV deals are bringing in way more revenue than the current deal is, which I think we've actually talked about on the show. So the salary cap is going to go way up. So there's going to be a ton of teams that have salary cap space. So... This is all a long-winded way of saying that the Lakers are are screwed for the next handful of years, probably. Much to my chagrin. Yeah, that's okay. You you got a new team in the Warriors. <sighs> no. Why why not? Because uh, Stephen Curry seems like the most. Well, actually, here's another sm- another small basketball topic. He seems like one of the most likable and well-rounded, not well-rounded, but like likable uh, like major league uh, or major. Sport athletes in the game. Yeah, and he comes across as humble, well-spoken. Extremely well-spoken, and kind of on that note, did you see that thing when that person, it was like a Christmas game, it said that uh, they think that uh, Stephen Curry is having a negative impact on the NBA overall, or, or on, on basketball in general? That's a complicated story, because you know who said that. Well, uh, the former manager or coach of the team when they didn't win anything? Right. Exactly. But I think like it, it, that story got twisted a lot because he wasn't saying that he's hurting the NBA. He's just saying that for kids growing up, they're only working on like long. What it was, long ball is not a word, right? Like, what does it mean when you're you only focus on like three point shooting? Yeah, that's exactly what you just said. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, so this is actually one of my big pet peeves, and this is true of any sport. Like, you'll always hear guys who will say, oh, you know, the sport back in my day. I mean, it's to me, it's like the you get to walk five miles uphill in the snow to school both ways kind of story where it's like, come on, like times change, sports evolve. Well, but I mean, I, what I think he was saying, uh, and, and uh, this came up in uh, Curry's response to him, which was incredibly well-spoken, like to the point where like I, I see so many like clips of like football players after games just saying ridiculous really silly things that are, just sound like a mess. He was saying that like a lot of people who look up to him maybe don't are growing up without an appreciation of what it takes to be a well-rounded player, which Stephen Curry actually is. He just happens to be a really talented three-point shooter. Anyway, I like I like the excitement that the uh, Warriors are bringing to the NBA. I've watched more basketball games uh, like the past two years than I have in maybe my entire life. I mean, the, the the Warriors, I'm not a fan of per se, but they are incredibly exciting to watch. There's no no doubt about that. Yeah. Well, all right. Um, and then the last thing uh, is uh, something really small that I want to know. Have you ever, you've heard of Samsung Pay, right? right? <laughs> yes, I have. Okay. Do you think there's anything about it that makes it unique? Um, I On the commercials that I see for it, they say that it works in the most locations of any mobile payment system. Um, I don't exactly even know how that's possible, but I mean, I suppose that's a unique selling point. So it is, because that's entirely true. And I did not know that. So I have a Samsung Galaxy Note 5 that I uh, rarely use. 
But no, somebody told me about that, and it actually does something really unique that I kind of wish Apple did. So I forget what the uh, technology is called, but they have something built into the back of the phone where it will, for non-NFC payment terminals, it will emulate uh, the magnetic stripe on a credit card so that it works anywhere you can swipe your card. Wait, what? Exactly what I thought. Wait, so I, I, don't, I don't follow. So... Uh, hold on, let me let me look up the, the technology. I think it's called uh, Samsung Pay MST. So it's called MST. So it's called Magnetic Secure Transmission. So it will. It's a. They acquired a company called Loop Pay in 2013, and they were working on a technology where it will uh, mimic the magnetic stripe on the back of uh, your standard credit card. So it will send a tokenized magnetic stripe. Uh, signal to the payment terminal. So I've tried it at places like Safeway and Target where they definitely do not have NFC, or at least not turned on, and it works perfectly every single time. Wait, but uh, so wait, so how do you, what do you do? You hold your phone up to the thing mm -hmm. and it somehow tricks the terminal into thinking a card just got swiped? Yep. It's crazy when you watch it. And, and like, it makes me mad because I kind of now want to carry two phones. <laughs> Just to use Samsung Pay. Wait, I really don't understand. So, like, if you're at Safeway with a credit card terminal that when doesn't it, when have it says, NFC, when it says "Please swipe now," you just put your finger, thumb on the fingerprint reader, you click the thing, and it just it sends your signal, and it works every time. What? Huh? And here's the thing, and that and that's what speaks to like because Samsung has been having their share of trouble recently because they kind of had their like big uh, peak of success with like the Galaxy S4 back when they were doing like all their super closely copying of apple and now just kind of some kind of neat cool things they're doing like samsung just does not market them very well and i don't i think nobody knows that this actually exists and this is actually an incredibly unique differentiator of it yeah well i mean yeah huh like when when the commercials that i've seen make it just seem like it's a regular you know nfc based payment system like and it'll do nfc too but in because like, when i saw the ads i'm like it said oh it works in more places than apple pay i'm like how but huh. it, it totally does interesting it's crazy yeah anyway that's it so um yeah let's we'll move to our uh year in review stuff but yeah i can't believe it huh no i think i think that was worth worth bringing up before we get into the um the meat of the show as you say all right so i'll let you uh, set the ground rules or kind of discuss what we're going to do here yeah, so uh, this is obviously going to be the, the last show of the year 2015. Um, and I, I think we did something similar last year, if memory serves correctly. Um, we don't have an um, absolute, you know, I would say, rigidly structured format like the, uh, the upgradies or whatever they, they were called. Um, but basically what we're going to do is we've, we've got a handful of topics um you know things that you could probably guess at right like favorite tech purchase of the year um you know favorite service the worst tech trend kind of like the the big stuff that you again could probably guess that we would talk about but you know hopefully as we give our answers it'll serve as sort of a uh recap of uh of what was a pretty eventful year in tech i think i would potentially disagree but yes <laughs> Well, maybe maybe we'll maybe we'll get into that. Okay, so let, let's get this uh, let's get this started here. So um, the first one that we have here is our favorite 
so in, in your list of topics, you just said purchase, but I'm assuming you meant tech purchase. No, it could be any if, purchase. If you absolutely happen to love your car, then you can oh, okay. make that your purchase. Got it. Okay. So Seth's favorite purchase of the year, over $300. So, uh, so what's yours? Uh, so I think that will be uh, the 5K iMac. Mm-hmm. It is, without a doubt, the computer I'm most happy with. I have zero regrets about it. I'm super happy it exists. I'm somebody, I'm one of those weird people that still happens to use like a traditional computer. I've grown to enjoy and like the screen size. It's super quiet, super fast. It's the perfect desktop computer. In fact, it makes me hate using my 13-inch MacBook Pro a lot. (laughs) Which, that's an ironic segue because my answer is my 13-inch MacBook Pro. (laughs) <laughs> speaks volumes <laughs> um no so i mean i i bought this laptop really without a clear reason i mean i knew that i wanted to be able to edit the podcast uh, when i was away from home but outside of that i really didn't have a concrete reason to to purchase it and it really was at the time an extremely frivolous purchase but over the last, you know, nine months that I've had it, it's really become a big part of my everyday. Um, I, I've gotten into this kind of flow where it just makes a lot of sense to me to have all my work stuff on a, mach- a laptop and then all of my personal stuff on a different laptop. And, you know, with the way that everything kind of syncs now with IMAP for email and with like the my Exchange server at work, um, and with every most everything now being web-based anyway, um, it's really easy to keep machines, even on different operating systems, pretty much perfectly in sync. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it's just it's been really um, it's been really really nice having a, a Mac that I use full time, and I've ended up in just in general using it way more than I ever thought I would. Well, fantastic! I'm glad you. Because for a while, uh, you kind of just had the Mac Mini that you kept around for podcasting, so you weren't really much of a full-time Mac user anymore. Exactly, yeah. So, I mean, it's also been a really nice way to, you know, keep up with um, OS X or OS X, as you insist on saying. I've never, never. <laughs> had to get one more of those in this year. Um, so, yeah, um, I, you know, I, do, I do wish it was a little thinner, a bit lighter, Um especially considering that I am carrying, you know, two laptops, but it, but in general, it, it's, it's a, an acceptable, you know, portability versus power ratio. So, yeah. And, and I, I don't want to say that I don't like mine. It's just that I feel spoiled by the gigantic, amazing quality screen of the iMac. Um, and also because I took the downgrade from the 15 to the 13 inch, um, it, the screen real estate loss is, is definitely there, but I do appreciate its portability. It's still not where I'd prefer it to be, but it, it's it's still very nice. But again, for you, I, I'm very I'm very happy that you have not uh, abandoned uh, like traditional desktop computing or um, like having an actual computer that's your own. Because with so many people, like surprisingly of our uh, of our age, like I find it just perplexing that a lot of them just will either only use their work laptop or kind of don't have a computer anymore so i'm glad that's that's not happening yeah no i know um that is that is totally a a huge thing um where i can't really name all that many of my friends who have um personal laptops um it's 
yeah, I mean, I, I really can't. Most people stick, yeah, like you said, just to their like work machines. That seems insane. And also, don't they understand that their employer can monitor what they do? But anyway, <laughs> um, so they can see when when they're on uh, uh, what's not LinkedIn, Glassdoor or something. Right. Um, okay, so now our favorite uh, purchase of the year, under $200. Or under $300. I, I wanted to separate major purchases from something that maybe is a little bit smaller and would, uh, yeah. Sure. All right, you go for it. Okay, um, so my, my answer is really easy. It's, it's my TiVo Bolt. Um, hmm. I, again, another one of those purchases where I thought, like, you know, man, like, I, I have a TiVo that's working perfectly well. Um there really isn't a fantastic reason for me to upgrade, but like we talked about on the show, I mean, the economics of it just made complete sense with the way that they were bundling a year of service in with the box, and then the monthly service thereafter was going to be cheaper than I was going to pay. So the box basically was going to pay for itself. That really was the reason that I justified the purchase, and really the only reason I, I did the purchase. But um, the whole skip mode or fast skip, whatever it's called, which where you can just with a push of the button skip a whole segment of commercials, has ended up just being invaluable. Um, and you know, like I, I use it constantly. Um, you know, both the lady friend and I just absolutely love it. And it's it's kind of a bummer now when we record a show and it doesn't have it. Um, it's just, it's an amazing feature, and you know. It does everything else that TiVo's great at on top of that. So for a box that basically paid for itself and some, and then to have a bunch of extra cool features like the whole, you know, quick skip thing or whatever the heck it's called, um, is is pretty great. Well, good. I'm glad TiVo, uh, man, all, all these, uh, again, things that you'd think were dying away, like a traditional Mac computer and a DVR. I'm glad they're making the top of your list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, the, the the bolt is. It, I'm I'm glad people like you bought it because that means that those trick of those uh, features trickle down to me with my old aging uh, Romeo Pro. So that's very good. Um, and again, you still still no qualms about the funky box design. Um, I've gotten used to it. It's you know. you'd have preferred. It, would you have preferred it be a normal rectangle? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Well, cool. Yeah, I'm. I'm Glad that, glad that it worked out. Yeah, quick, uh, not quick mode. Uh, a commercial skip is, is just fantastic. And it's and it's integrated so well, because I thought like, oh, if it just starts skipping things at random or if it's really hard to initiate, it'd be a pain in the butt. But no, it, you just hit channel up and it's good to go. And it's it's accurate too. I mean, so every once in a while, you'll run into one that's, you know, um, skip mode is what it's called, just to clarify. Yeah, there's quick mode, which is right, really that, bad. Yeah, so that, I mean that's what that's where I keep getting tripped up is there's quick mode and there's skip mode. Yeah, but quick mode it should not be a feature that exists. Eh. Like, have you ever run it? Like, uh, I I tried watching a daily show with it. Well, and but it ruins like, everything. No, like we talked about it. I, I think it's really meant for sports. But who doesn't watch sports live? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I I know. Okay. Anyway, skip skip mode's way way more useful. Fantastic. Can't no not can't wait till they get sued out of existence, but. Uh, I kind of can't wait to read about that. Yeah. Because I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet or it hasn't been publicized. Or is it just that TiVo is such like a a niche company that there's like a whatever. They just don't care. I mean, yeah, I, it's funny because like I had that exact same thought when this thing was announced. Then now 
they've gone back and like backported it to their other boxes too. Yeah. Very good. Uh, for me, I struggled with this one. I, I tried thinking like, I, I thought there were some uh, minor purchases that I made that were uh, really good, but I think I think the uh, the headphones uh, kind of don't fit into this category. So I think I'm going to have to go with the Mophie Juice Pack Reserve for iPhone 6S. Hmm, okay. So just because we've talked in at length in the past that the iPhone battery life just still, at least for me, does not cut it for an entire day. I'm on my phone a ton, and Apple refuses to make a thicker phone that's not uh, completely unusable one-handed, like the 6S Plus. Uh, but Mophie uh, this fall made a slimmer, smaller battery case that only charges your phone about 60%, but it's just, for a battery case, incredibly small and nice to hold in your hand. And it's and it's super cheap. It's only 60 bucks um, at just regular retail price. So I, I am super happy with it, and I'm, and I'm glad it exists. So it's specifically not just a juice pack, but it's called the Mophie Juice Pack Reserve. Hmm, okay. Yeah, because I mean, there's like 18 different versions of this thing, isn't there? there? There's the Juice Pack Reserve, the Juice Pack Helium, the Juice Pack Air, the Juice Pack <laughs> Pro, and the Ultra. Jeez. Again, they're just mimicking Apple's product lines. Yeah, basically. <sighs> what a mess. But anyway, love that case. All right, so... <laughs> All right, so what's, what's the next one? So most, most regretted purchase of the year. I have a really strong guess as to what yours is. I'm not sure you do, but do you want me to go first? Yeah, I, I would. I think it's, it's uh, a decent number of shares of Twitter. Oh, oh, well, okay. Jeez, you... <laughs> oh, too soon. <laughs> not too soon. Too soon. Um, so, yes, yeah, so we want to go for just the raw <laughs> worst purchase I made this year. It would be 200 <laughs> shares of Twitter. Oh, my God. You bought 200 shares? It's fine. Seriously? Mm-hmm. Oh, no. I'm fine. Oh, no. Yeah, we, we both... <laughs> We both, um, we, we don't talk about our personal finances a ton here, but we may as well hear. Yeah, we, we both uh, sold our shares of Twitter here in the last day or two. We're not going to say what I bought in it. That's fine. No, okay. Actually, I do have a small question about that. I remember, and, and you feel free to edit this out if it ends up being like two. I remember you were all about 3D systems for a while. Oh, yeah, yeah. Did you get out at a reasonable price? It was I looked at that I, and it's $10. So I, I got out when it was like 74 and I had bought it when it was like 30 something. So that that ended up working out, yeah. So that actually that that was a nice trade for me, but um, yeah, yeah. Poor poor Twitter. It's fine. <laughs> Apparently, the new Mac app is great. Yeah. Well, that that's that's a joke. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that that's mine. Okay. That's I, th I was expecting. <laughs> what you to on earth say, did you think? <laughs> I was expecting you to say Apple Watch, but. No, I, I I'm an idiot that bought that twice. So. <laughs> well, that's that's why I thought it was gonna pop up here. But uh, so, oh, what man. was yours? So mine, and you can't steal mine. No, 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 no. Well, <laughs> I think is, mine still fits. Yours is really good. I wish I would have thought of it. It'd been funny if I thought of it too. That's why I was like, I thought that was the obvious choice. <laughs> so man, so no, so mine is um, basically every video game I purchased this year. Hmm. Because like so let me give let me give you an example. 
so I probably purchased um, Battlefront, which is the Star Wars game from the makers of Battlefield for the PC um, about a week after it came out in the middle of November. I have still not booted up that game once. Why? And there, there's a handful of other games throughout the year that either I just really haven't played, maybe booted up once or twice. Like I, I don't know if I ever, I don't know if I actually finished a game from start to finish this entire calendar year. So it, it's dumb that I own all three video game consoles and buy all these games throughout the year and then end up basically just either not finishing them or in some cases not playing them at all. So it's no fault of the game. It's just that you maybe don't have time for games anymore? Ex- exactly. It, it, it's, not like, it's like I, I, I don't have time. And when I do have you know, what you would just say is like just like general downtime, there's just other things I'd rather be doing. Hmm. Like, games just don't really capture my attention like they used to. Interesting. Because, yeah, I, think, I thought that was one of our fundamental differences where I kind of had, I've, I've had that opinion for a bit. But you were always super, super invested in gaming for a while. Well, what's weird, what's weird about me is I still am super into, like, just the video game industry. Like, I really enjoy keeping up with, like, what's new, what's popular, what are the trends, um, what are the new features coming out on the consoles, what, you know... Like I, my favorite podcast continues to be the Giant Bombcast, uh, which is a video game podcast. So I don't know. I, I guess I'm just I'm more interested in the industry than I am the actual games themselves or playing the actual games themselves. It's kind of a weird thing, but do you find yourself playing smaller games? Like uh, like Mike had mentioned on the upgrades. Like, uh, do you know what that PS4 game is called that he mentioned? Oh yeah, so that that one I did play. People seem to just universally love that. Yeah, it's great. You'd you'd really like it too. And uh, what is it called? Rocket League. Hmm. Yeah, you'd really like Rocket League. Do you think that'll ever get ported to a non-game console, or probably not? It's on the PC. Yeah. Hmm. So you could you could in theory play it on your iMac. So it's not like a Steam game that'll run on OS X natively. It, I have to do it in VMware. It, yeah, it it is a Steam game. Well, it's a Steam game, but it's not. I don't think it's OS X compatible. Gotcha. Um, <clears throat> no, you'd, you'd like that a lot, but yeah, no, I, it's not even like I, I, mean, I played rocket league a bit, but not a ton. And it's not like I play a bunch of iPhone games or anything. I just, I just really don't play games in general. Um, but I'm, I'm as interested in the industry as I've ever been. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's a weird thing. Aging. It's tricky. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess that's the answer. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so uh, next next topic here: biggest technology disappointment of the year. And I'm going to let you jump in on this one. So th- this is this is for me where Apple Watch comes in, where, um, I, in general, I continue to be happy with the Apple Watch. I mean, I wear it every day. I interact with it almost as much as I do my iPhone, seemingly. Um, but I and I, I actually liked the way that Jason and Mike put it on the last episode of upgrade where they did something similar to what we're doing here and they, they basically said you know the the apple watch could be both your favorite purchase of the year and your most you know and your biggest disappointment of the year simultaneously which i think speaks to the great potential of the apple watch but how in execution it just hasn't really panned out so far um but i'm really interested to see what apple watch 2 is going to be and I think there are still a lot of interesting things about the watch, but what they've done with it so far has just been really disappointing. So I have the exact same 
uh, choice, which is the Apple Watch. And, and this is because for me, it's such a, a, a tricky product because it's something at first that I was resistant towards and did not see the utility. In. And you've been kind of on the bleeding edge of this. Like you owned, uh, like, did you do the original Kickstarter with Pebble or did you just get it after it was readily available? I just got it when it was readily available. Okay. But I mean, I, I always thought like smartwatches, not, I thought fitness trackers and stuff were, were neat, but I thought like, eh, this isn't really going to do anything for me. And then I, then I ordered one and I told, I forgot that I ordered it. And then it, it, that happened. And I think like, I really want to like it, but I genuinely dislike the Apple watch. But again, just having something that allows you to not dig your phone out of your pocket and for me also that allows my one of the biggest things for me is that it allows my phone to always be on silent essentially because I, you never get a text tone like i could be in a long conversation or be like having a really busy part of my day where i get like 10 or 20 texts in an hour and my phone is not doing that annoying thing where you just have that person who doesn't have their phone on mute and you're just listening to their text tone all the time and for me that's a huge thing or i mean even your phone could even be on silent but if you have vibration enabled and if it's on a desk that somewhere too. Yeah. yeah, and I, like I, I, I like the Taptic engine. I think that's neat. And but again, other than looking at notifications, I think almost every other part of it is what I would maybe objectively call bad. Right. And that's really frustrating to me because, like, I, I, I think I've taken a downgrade compared to the Nike Fuel Band or any other fitness centric wearable. I think the fitness tracking is decidedly worse. The workout app is absolutely terrible. The, the fact that they made developers write really, really crappy apps to start and then tell them, oh, hey, just kidding, write real apps now that still aren't terribly good. Just all of it seems crazy to me. Like there are... Like a couple of times, uh, like a month, I'll find a really cool feature or something that I do like about it. Like I still do like the uh, little media remote control you can do, except I never remember that it exists because glances are generally too slow. Uh, it, it's just, it's trying to do way too much at the same time, which diminishes the things that it actually does well to the point for me where it just becomes a passive notification device. It's It's like if the iPhone first came out and it was a way better phone than you previously had but that was the one and only thing it did well and everything else on it sucked the way i think uh, maybe I, I think that i think it's good but i think maybe it's like is is it wrong to say the apple watch is like the windows mobile and i mean how do you mean like in the sense that there are certain like it does add functionality that's useful and is nice to have but it's also trying to do like 80 other things and it does almost none of it well. Hmm. I see. I see. Well, I mean, you, that's just like Windows in general now. Eh, well, I don't want to saddle it with all that. But like specific, like, but like Windows Mobile. Well, but or, that, that's the idea where it's, it's like one, one piece of software to do everything. Well, I think that, okay, well, that's a whole nother, that might be even an entire show. But the whole thing where Apple thinks that you're going you're gonna to write a, a universal app that runs on iPhone, iPad, Apple TV, and watch is, I think that's crazy. But... That seems to be the way that they're going. And Microsoft's trying to do the same darn thing where it's Windows Phone, Windows Touch optimized, and then regular Windows, which is weird too. But I don't know. For me, it's just, 
I, I, if I hate, like, I know, like, the obvious question would be, like, if you dislike it that much, why do you keep wearing it? It's just, like, the one thing it does well, it happens to be really useful and important. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I, I should give it one other thing uh, in terms of credit is uh, Apple Pay on it. It's great. It is. It is great, although I continue to be really um, just self-conscious when using it. How so? It just feels weird to hold your wrist up to a payment terminal. For, I don't, for me, it's not just because like normally like I'm either like helping bag or I'm doing something else and all I do, you just do that quick double click and you just tap it and, and you're done. Like as long as you know when in like the, the payment flow to like do it and you're not being like that guy like, oh, when do I scan my wrist? Um, it's <laughs> like, no, seriously. Wow. Like, you've never really done a voice like that before. No, it just like, no, because have you ever watched like, because I guess like this is like a slightly techie area or you'll see like an old, like somebody who's like, oh, they, they're so, it's like some 40 year old guy and he's so happy he just got his new iPhone or something. Like, I want to try this out. And like, and he's holding up the line and it's just, it's stuff like that. Like if you just do it quickly, it's way faster than uh, paying with a card and it's, uh, it's, and it's nice. Yeah. But like I had the absolute worst case scenario happen to me a couple of weeks ago where I was at the grocery store and then, you know, went to use Apple Pay. And this was a store that supported Apple Pay and I've used it before and everything. And like, as I'm raising my wrist to the payment terminal, the cashier literally just goes like, what the hell are you doing? What on earth and, is, what it's grocery like, it's store just, is this? It, it's, it's a small little store nearby here. Um, and it's just like, oh, it's just there. Then you just got to be like, oh, you know, I'm playing with Apple Pay on my watch. Well, no, wait, did they actually say, what the hell are you doing? I don't know if they said hell, but they, they said something to the effect of what are you doing? Like, I, I don't know what you mean. Do you mean that they were like... They, they didn't understand that I could pay with my watch. Okay, they, were, they weren't being like, like, are you trying to like steal or something? No, 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 no. They, they were legitimately just confused. Oh, I should mention, sorry not to take away from your story, but that is the same response I got to uh, using Samsung Pay. I would imagine. There were, mean, a bunch people, there were a bunch of people yeah. who were like, no, we don't take Apple Pay here. Like you, you could just stop. I'm like, no, it's gonna work. Oh, fine. so that that also, so that happened to me this just this last weekend where uh, I was at the gas station and they I was getting my car washed and they, and, and where you pay, they actually had just these new terminals installed and it you know had the big NFC reader thing on it and I go to pay with Apple Pay, got the phone up there and the woman goes, oh, it's not activated yet, so you can't use that. And it's just like, oh, it's like, just it's, it's, I don't know, it's it's embarrassing. Again, that's why I think that's a completely un capitalized on advantage of samsung pay which is if they don't have nfc not a problem right i, I don't know how does that even, like those ter- i didn't even know those terminals have any sort of like radio receiver it's ma- it's magic it's magic I, like that is the smartest tech acquisition that samsung's like ever made it's, it was a company called loop pay it's, it's great i wish i wish apple had it because utilization of apple pay would be like 90 percent right now if they did because I assume everybody like tries Apple Pay once, and they're like, "Oh, it doesn't work most places. I'm over this." All right. Hmm. So anyway, uh, <laughs> Apple Watch, very disappointing. It's again not not a regretful purchase. And again, I I do I I like the form factor. I like a lot about it, but just most of it's just god awful. And again, because I am kind of I I do like fitness tracking, and I find that to be like the actual like data that you get out of it. That's motivating for me. The fact that it's so hard to use is is really a bummer for me. All right, moving on. Uh, so I'll let you go for this one. So uh, kind of favorite tech story or thing that happened this year? Yeah, so mine is going to be uh, net neutrality. Um, 
it was years in the making. I think we we wrote some college paper, right, <laughs> on arguing for net neutrality. Um, sure. So, I mean, this is something that's been in the works for, for quite some time, and it was neat to actually see it come to fruition. And in a lot of ways, it was almost kind of um, surreal because it, it, it just seemed like one of those things that would just get caught up in some legislative hell and just never happen. Um, but it did. Okay. Hmm. Because, yeah, I think that's... Uh, hmm. Also, in a lot of other ways, I think this might be the year of net neutrality, but also in, in worse ways, in the sense that uh, most net neutrality legislation and guidelines do not apply to wireless yet, and that T-Mobile has been taking absolute advantage of that to uh, pick and choose who they believe are going to be the winners and losers through their uh, music freedom uh, feature, and then the, this new one called Binge On, which does uh, what's called zero rating, which uh exempts certain services from your broadband uh data caps yeah and also weirdly about bin john is that what, what one thing is that it will for unlimited data customers uh which they opted in a bunch of their unlimited data customers into it it automatically downgrades uh the the bit rate of all your video to like standard def to like participate in that program which is really weird hmm so anyway, yeah, net neutrality, eh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And again, are, do, you, do you think that when that becomes the big thing, that it's just going to go straight to data caps as a way for like this, the old style broadband providers to try to keep their video subscribers? I do. Yeah, I do. That'll be the story of next year. That's, uh, that's our big prediction. And then for me, uh, my big story was uh, streaming music and specifically uh, kind of the Adele and Taylor Swift uh, perspective of big name artists who believe they can still continue to make the old model work and therefore they should play streaming music services strategically. Uh, but particularly for me, this was the, um, the most fun part was the uh, Apple's, uh, Apple Music Taylor Swift story. Do you remember that one? And I, I just, I don't know. I think Taylor Swift is an excellent or business person, along with the people she probably hires to manage that kind of stuff for her. But I think she's uh, she uses her status in the entertainment and music industry to get what she wants and to make a lot of changes that most artists don't have the luxury of ever dictating. Uh, but I thought that was really neat. And I don't think it was like something orchestrated between Taylor Swift and Apple. So I think she actually did make Phil Schiller or whoever the, uh, the person in Apple in charge of that. Uh, oh yeah. The cuff guy, um, we changed course on the whole, not paying people for, uh, three months. So I think just streaming services in general and kind of the way, the changing tastes of consumers and how, uh, how you pay and consume for media is kind of shifting around. So I think that was a big story this year. I thought that was really interesting and it will be for uh, years to come. Yeah, it's a good choice. Um, all right. So uh, worst tech trend. I have a tie or I, I have two things that I couldn't really pick between. And these aren't uh, race, race to the bottom. Close. Wait, but <laughs> yes. So uh, the two were, and I tried to summarize them as, uh, things not costing money, and ship it and worry about it later. So the first one is saying that, 
like I, I'm getting bummed out that so many services or applications or just things can't cost money anymore. They either have in uh, obnoxious and uh, ridiculous in-app purchases to make it functional, and you can't ever just know that this game or this application costs twelve dollars. Uh, or it's a service that is uh, entirely ad-supported and just will not allow you to pay, and companies just won't begin with a business model and just try to figure it out. They try to trap everybody in and then eventually make the service crappier until they can make uh, money on it. And then the second part of that is kind of, uh, I guess what you can talk about, like just Apple's year in technology, which is uh, ship it and hopefully it's okay and we'll worry about it later. But I think it's not just Apple, I guess for me, as a primarily Apple consumer, that's the the biggest offender. But I think everybody's doing that. Yeah, that and that's that's my pick too. And I, I, I in my notes here, I did specifically call out Apple products just because of how much I use them and what a big part of my life they are. But I do think you can broaden the conversation to technology and like we've talked about on the show a bunch, like video games and almost anything tech related. Now is it's a really good phrase. It's the ship it and kind of worry about it later mentality. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, for me, what really stood out this year in particular was the Apple side of things where for years and years, I always just viewed my iPhone as a device that simply, you know, worked. I mean, Apple's kind of cheesy phrase of it just works really did hold true in, in most ways. And more than ever this year, it really just seemed like that broke. I mean, just, just things like the whole iCloud backup problem that I had over the summer and like iMessages being constantly out of sync and my Apple Watch crashing and just being slow and third-party apps failing to either install or launch. Um, the mi absolutely miserable upgrade experience going from the 6 to the 6S. Um, just so many things that you you expect that you know like we talked about some last week like you expect that or two weeks ago that fit and finish from apple that just isn't just isn't there anymore and it, it's just really a bummer and it's it's not even like you know stuff is not fully up to snuff for the first couple of weeks and then it gets fixed it's like you know the apple watch has been out nine months now right or eight months and it, it still is a mess um and a, a lot of things about um ios 9 are still a mess um and that's that's really disappointing yeah i just i, I know there was that that was that dumb or not it wasn't dumb but there was that uh marco article about the functional high ground that got a lot of press and kind of got uh taken out of context in a couple of ways but it, it's just stuff like that where like I think people have already forgotten, but for like nine months, uh, networking did not work properly in OS X. Like not, not you couldn't connect to the internet, but you like finding other devices on your local network was such a huge problem. And things like iOS 7, like just for probably half a year until I think it was like 7.2 or something, it, your phone just restarted a couple times a day and that was just fine. And just the Apple Watch, like like when I I went running tonight, and you want to end a, wor a workout, you have to t a you have to force touch on the screen like three times, and hope it eventually responds. And it takes like five seconds to uh, to end end a workout. It's just it's it's just weird stuff like that where, and it's Apple Music in general, and like just what is going on with iTunes? Like iTunes is the, I it's it's ins uh, I just I I forgot who. 
uh, wrote it, and I, I know Gruber linked to it like um, three weeks ago. But somebody that just said they want Apple to take a year off, not just like even like a Snow Leopard release thing, but just just fix everything. Right. And and I and I know that it's a super competitive electronic space and in software, and I and that Apple has to worry about Google getting better at software faster. Or what's the expression? Uh, Google getting better at software faster than Apple's getting better at services. Yes. I mean, and I, I understand that it's it's super complicated, uh, but they, you got you got to fix it because that that was the thing that Apple could always hang their hat on, which was that it was probably more expensive and it was a bit more limited, but it almost all like it it was pretty damn functional. Like it it you can knock it for a bunch of other reasons, but it usually worked pretty well. And uh, that's not something I can really say anymore. Like, there's so many weird bugs and quirks that I just tolerate. And it's it's just, it's kind of a, it's a big bummer. And again, that's happening with a whole ton of other things. Like, Microsoft software is buggy. Windows 8 was a, a mess for, like, two years until Windows 10 came out. Like, uh, Win Windows 8 was, uh, like, just this weird Windows 10 beta that took, ten, uh, that took two years, if you think about it. And... Like, didn't Xbox One like just not work properly for like the first three months? And like, anytime you installed, you wanted to play a new video game, there were like six gigs of patches and stuff just for things to work right. I mean, that's that's that wasn't just the first three months. I mean, that's and that happens on the PS4 too. I mean, it's every new console, big launch console game now. It's it's gigabytes and gigabytes of patches on day one. Like, it, just so much stuff is just is is a gosh darn mess. And I I, I don't even know I. I hate like just feeling like sounding like I'm complaining all the time, but uh, it has to, like it it used to be better, right? I don't want to sound old manish, but it used to be better. Well, because it had to be. I mean, you, if you shipped something broken, it was broken. There was no fixing it. Well, but I even mean like even when there were software updates, but just like maybe like uh, 2008, like like original 3G, uh, like iPhone 3G, like it the stuff like that. Like it, there was still more polish. It did less, but it it worked better. Right. No, that, that that is true. I think. Uh, yeah, and again, like it's it's just it's the weird stuff. Like having like there being this arbitrary need for there to be annual upgrades to OS ten, and also to a lesser extent, I I know they want to always have a new version of of iOS to go along with the new hardware, but maybe that doesn't even need a new version every single year. It just needs more polish. Mm -hmm. I do have high hopes, and I and I have no idea why. Uh, for iOS 10, just because the, the the just the naming, it just seems like it would be an option for them to, like, change some things in a big way. And again, like so, so much of it is already pretty, like conceptually and like feature wise, barring the fact that a lot of it doesn't work well, <laughs> um, is is good enough, or it's 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 there. Like it's it's a pretty mature operating system. To the point where they could change some stuff and make things work better without having to do like a billion new features, even though I'm sure they will, because that's that's all they seem to think is necessary now. Mm-hmm. All right, we can we can move on. Okay. That was therapeutic. <laughs> I'm glad. Um, so the next next topic here is favorite movie, documentary, or TV series. I'll let you go first. Uh, so mine's easy. Uh, this is Star Wars: The Force Awakens. Yeah, I knew um, it. yeah, it's 
it, it's it's an as a star wars fan it's, it's just an awesome movie um even even putting aside the low standard that the prequel set like even if those had never happened and expectations were still like like if, if our only point of reference were the original films and we had then this new film to compare uh to compare to those old films it would still be a, a good movie uh, it's just it's 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 awesome through and through so uh, that's that's an easy choice for me do you think it's awesome in terms of a standalone movie i do i do because that's actually one of the things that it does exceedingly well where it obviously builds on what's come before it but it also focuses a lot on what is to come okay all right i mean i'm glad it, it seems to have received almost uh universal acclaim even from people who are like casual fans people who don't care about star wars and also like the insanely uh dedicated fans which i think is is a really tough act to pull off i i do too uh, and it's i mean it, it just it does everything right it, it nails the visual style where it's it's not too heavy on the cgi and it, and it does capture kind of the the style of the original movies in some cool ways the new characters are just fantastic you know the the lady friend bought me the little little bb8 droid for christmas and that that thing is super super cool um it just everything about this movie is 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 just just the best and i it's hands down my favorite movie of the year well awesome um and for me i think i would go with a it'd be a movie and this would be uh inside out oh yeah good choice yeah Overall, I, I, I've seen it three times so far. I very, very much enjoyed it. I think it was a really good movie. Probably not for kids. I think uh, it's probably one of the lesser entertaining movies for uh, Pixar movies for kids. But I think, it's, I think it's fantastic. It has definitely good replay value. I've got my little uh, sadness figurine on, on my desk next to the gigantic iMac. Uh, she is dwarfed by the iMac. Um, but no, very, very much enjoyed it. And I'm glad there was one... Uh, good Pixar movie I wanted to watch this year. Have you seen The Good nope. Dinosaur? No, I haven't either. Not, not even interested. Like, and I, I watched Cars this year, which, which I never thought I would, which is a good movie. The original? Yeah. Yeah, the original's fine. I don't know why. Like, I think, I guess, because maybe it just, it fell off my radar and I didn't, uh, and I thought just Cars 2 was, because Cars 2 is a universally panned, right? Yeah, I haven't. It's the one Pixar movie I haven't seen, but yeah, it, it was it was panned when it came out. Yeah, so I think that I I maybe thought that extended to the first one, and though the first one it's it's not amazing, but it's 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 pretty good. Yeah, who doesn't like Owen Wilson? <laughs> good shout. Fair question. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Inside Out, great movie. All right. Uh, up next. Most promising product idea, uh, product or idea of 2016. Yeah, this was another really easy one for me. Uh, VR, without question. 2016 is going to be the year of consumer VR. It's been, what, three or four years now of prototypes and developer kits and speculation and beta tests. But 2016 is going to be the year where this stuff actually is sold to the consumer and people start using it. And I, I think the potential is just limitless. So I'm, I'm really excited about it. All right. I thought about that and I thought that I could, have, I could not be less interested. <laughs> so I'm glad we meet somewhere in the middle. Um, 
For me, I don't, I don't know. I, I couldn't think of a good one here. I, I just had two ideas, neither of which I'm super married to. And also, I don't know if we are picking winners of, of this at all. No, not really. We'll, 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 we'll deviate from our friends over at Upgrade and um, just each have our own individual choices. Sure. Uh, for me, I had uh, Apple Pay and contactless payments. Like, I think that will probably take off. Because have you ever been to, have you been to a store yet where, like, a loyalty program integrates with Apple Pay yet? I haven't. That's supposed to be a thing, right? It is, as of iOS 9, I believe. Yeah, that's weird. Again, for me, I, I really want to be able to forget my wallet sometimes and, and be fine. Yeah, but loyal, I mean, with loyalty cards, all you have to do is give them your phone number. Well, no I, no, I just mean, like, I was hoping that that was one more feature in, like, the arsenal to uh, make it more appealing to people. Like, for some reason, I, I, I'm just under this weird impression that this will be the year of people paying with their phone or that becoming more mainstream. Even though Target and Walmart are trying to do these damned QR code-based wallets, and they're specifically um, like not enabling uh, the NFC hardware that their terminals already support in favor of their own because they're trying to uh, minimize credit card processing fees. But eventually that's... I, I assume that consumer demand will eventually push that into just all that being turned on. So I, I'm hopeful that this will be the year of uh, contactless payments. And then my other minor one was, uh, I, I hope for uh, a a good lightweight MacBook Pro. See, yeah, it seems like that might happen. It seems like there's pr some pretty solid rumors about a new next generation Air, which just might be a thinner 13 inch. Or I mean, or the other way you can interpret the rumors is going to be a, a big refresh of the MacBook Pro. That's going to make it more like the MacBook Air. I mean, either way, you get to the same place, I guess. Maybe, but that that, that means we're we're jeopardizing ports, and then bad things are happening. No MacBook MacBook Pro. <laughs> but again, if they make it more MacBook Air like, no, the, well, you know they'll jump at any chance to start eliminate to just cutting ports. Yeah, well, fair. All right, and then favorite app. Uh, and specifically iOS and for OS X. This was not one. The, the, this, is, this is another super easy one for me. It's Slack. But again, um, on both platforms, you mean? On, on both platforms, yeah, hmm. definitely. Um, I use it for work. I use it, obviously, with you for the show. And to me, there there's, can, can be some occasional syncing issues between like the phone and, and the Mac or Windows for that matter. But for the most part, it's pretty solid. And being able to you know bounce back and forth between those platforms uh, is, is pretty great. So yeah, Slack, Slack for me, no doubt. <laughs> All right. That, that, okay, I, I agree. But that's, uh, that was the easy answer. Uh -huh. So for me, uh, on OS X, it would be Microsoft Excel 2015 for Mac. Because this is the first time uh, that Microsoft has released a Retina optimized version of Microsoft Office, and it's one that mean uh, that where uh, Excel it, or just Office is not a crappy port to the Mac. It's actually as powerful and nice to use as the Windows version. So that's OS ten, and then for uh, iOS, uh, I have a new uh, a new app called Momentum that I really like. It's a, a habit tracking application that just kind of makes a fun way of trying to uh, build new habits and tracking how well you do something. So yeah, it's four bucks. I highly recommend it. Momentum. Momentum. Yeah. I should give an honorable mention to TweetBot. Yeah. 
it's come a, come a long way on both iOS and on the Mac this year. Yeah, I can't get in. I can't get into it on the Mac, but it, Tweetbot Four is very very nice. Mm-hmm. It's a bummer that they can't support all the the, the features that uh, the official Twitter client supports. Yeah, but that, that, that's that's going to continue to become, I think, a bigger problem as new APIs come out that third party clients you know don't have access to. Yeah, but the the native app is just so terrible that I think I'll just live. Yeah. Um. All right, and then favorite service so that you're not going to like mine uh mine is icloud <laughs> okay um icloud gets a lot of grief including from, from you me. yeah <laughs> earlier in this and, show and, and earlier in this very show and, and rightfully so there's a lot of things about it that need to be better but the parts that work work really really darn well um you know for me it's two things it's it's the nightly backups from my phone and it's uh photo sharing or um i guess icloud but they keep changing the name of this thing i icloud photo library i guess it is now um to to not have to think about my entire phone being backed up every night so or if i lost my physical you know hardware i could basically just go out and get a new phone and be back up and running within a couple of hours like that 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 to me holds a really valuable place because of when I used to, you know, work in a cell phone store, kind of pre-iPhone and, and see people drop their phones or lose their phones and, and really lose everything, lose all their pictures, lose their text messages, contacts. Like there was no way to back up that stuff. Um, there was Blackberry there Desktop and, Manager. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I mean, now it's like totally seamless and you can upgrade from iPhone to iPhone and yeah, there's some quirks, but at the end of the day, you still, you get all your contacts, you get your text messaging history, you get everything. Um, and yeah, I mean, with the photo stuff too, like the fact that I can take a picture on my phone and it's instantly on my Mac, on my iPad, it could even be on my Apple Watch if I chose, my Apple TV if I chose. Can it be um, on your Apple TV? I believe so. Wasn't well, actually, maybe you, know, you you can do well, <laughs> sort of. So you you can do you can do photo stream to your Apple TV, but you can't do iCloud photo library. So it's it's halfway there. <laughs> um, I don't really care to have either because I think the um the the screensaver things they have the flyovers are super cool. So that's all I want on on the Apple <laughs> TV anyway. Sure. Um. But yeah, I, I, I think iCloud is invaluable. Um, it's got a lot of faults. It, 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 it needs to improve, but even with all of its fault, it's, it's still a fantastic service. Agreed. Oh, kind of. I, I think it's, like, it's kind of, in a lot of ways, faded into the, into the background, and just, uh, it's now like just wallpaper for a lot of users. And it is it is nice that you just your contacts, your calendar, all that stuff synchronizes pretty well, and you just you don't even have to think about and it. I, and I think I think that's the biggest compliment you can pay it is it, it's just wallpaper. You don't even you don't think about it and, and, until it just randomly doesn't back up for no good reason, and then your <laughs> iMessages are. Do you ever just get this thing where you just get like this like weird flood of iMessages in a row, and they aren't synced up in terms of like time and date? Like it just stop going to your Mac for like four hours. Yes, it, it, it's specifically to the Mac where I, I even have um, what's what's the feature called like Power Nap enabled where it's 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 supposed to be doing supposed to be updating this stuff even when the Mac is asleep, but it but it clearly doesn't. Well, some, I mean sometimes it does, but other times it clearly doesn't. For me, even on my Mac that do, my iMac that doesn't go to sleep, 
sometimes just I get I get home and then like it has none of the text messages I've sent for like the past like afternoon, and they all come in completely out of order, and it's it's just the worst. Hmm. So yes, iCloud is great. <laughs> Sorry, I was saying something nice about it, but got off track. For me, it's a two way tie. Uh, but it probably oh, again. I, I I'm indecisive. Uh, it goes to Dropbox and Slack. Because again, I think Slack is more of a service than an app. In, in I don't know. No, I, that, that's fair. So yes, uh, Slack is fantastic. It, it's a surprisingly good uh, collaboration app, but also because we're using it for some teams at work. But uh, it's also just really good as like I think we send like a lot fewer iMessages now, and since it's it's easier to keep like the stuff that's non-personal and related to this in this one place that's everywhere. And I, and I appreciate that it does like the rich text expansion of web links and that kind of stuff. It's easy to customize how you get notified for stuff. Emoji reactions are the best. Um, it's just very, very good. And, I, and I'm very happy to be able to use it. And then Dropbox, I mean, Dropbox is kind of <laughs> iCloud, except in that like it is wallpaper or that it's just kind of like the plumbing of everything I do. But in the sense that Dropbox never gives me any issues. I have never not had Dropbox work. And particularly because I now have a separate Mac uh, for my desktop and my laptop, it's even more valuable to me. So Dropbox and Slack at tie. Yeah, two, two good choices. All right. So now this, this is one from you here. Favorite new podcast. And I should have clarified uh, new to you. So it doesn't have to be something that came out this year, but something that you found this year. Sure, yeah. Um, so for me, this is uh, Serial. I, I did not listen to season one uh, last year. I, I knew of it, of course, knew it was incredibly popular. Um, I've been really into season two so far, and I, I went back and I've now listened to all of season one. Season one is really, really good. If you, if you haven't listened, I don't know, you haven't listened to it, right? I refuse to. Okay. Um, it, it's, it's, it's really darn good. Um, and like I said, the current season also I've been really enjoying. So that, that's another easy one for me. Well, cool. For me, this was a tie, so I'm going to pick one. Um, I'm going to go with Exponent. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a really fascinating and, and interesting uh, business discussion from uh, Ben Thompson, who writes uh, pretty smartly about uh, Apple and Uber all the time, uh, and, one of, and his uh, Australian uh, friend who works in uh, customer service analytics uh, and who just writes a lot of good academic papers. So yeah, Exponent's a, a very good listen. Pretty crummy audio quality, but very interesting. I yeah. So for me, I I agree with everything you said. I I they're two incredibly smart guys. A lot of insightful things to say. But the the audio quality is dodgy, and I it's it's just a little dry for me. It, it's it's smart. It's very smart. But it it um sometimes feels a little bit more like a college lecture and less like a fun podcast. I I would not describe it as fun. That that is definitely true. But it's also I wouldn't say it's boring or or that it's or but like I think it's still very interesting. But it's not fun, like I mean, like like uh, so I, I mean, there's a big difference to that. No, I, I I get it. I totally get it. I guess I um, it's like the same reason why I like I've tried to listen to um The Economist via audio before. Oh, that's and it, it's tough. Yeah, it's like for me, 
podcasts are a form of entertainment. And I, I do feel like I learn a lot through podcasts, but at the end of the day, I'm really listening to them for fun. Sure. And if it sounds like the hosts aren't really having fun or if it becomes too just too detail oriented or too too academic, it's I, I understand how it'd be it'd be less entertaining. Right. Okay. Yeah, one 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 day I might give cereal a try, but I don't know. But cool. And then I'll 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 forward this one or I'll get you to do this one first because I don't have a good answer. Uh, best personal discovery of the year. Well, so I actually didn't really even know what you meant by this. I was gonna I was gonna try to like mean that like anything cool that you learned either about life, about technology, or anything. And for me, the best thing, it sounded like a better question at the time, and I couldn't think of anything afterward. So mine ended up just being uh, the keyboard shortcut command backspace. Huh. Interesting. That's a, that's, that's a, that's a very specific thing. It is, and like an idiot for like, like, have I told you the story that like, it was not until like ninth grade that I learned that you can do a shift tab Huh. I don't think you've ever told this story before. Like, I knew what tab did, and I, I thought, like, if you just ever, like, tabbed one too many times, you just had to start over. Yeah, no, shift, shift tab was invaluable in college. Yeah, well, luckily I learned it before then, but uh, that was a big, uh, a big miss on my part. Anyway, so if you're ever entering a password and you've done it wrong, rather than doing what I used to do, which is uh, command A to select all backspace and then type in again, you can just do command backspace. And it clears out that line for you. Hmm. So you are welcome to not have anything for this section, but if you can think of something, more power to you. Well, I, I so I, I went in, a, I, when I read this, I took it as a completely like non-tech related thing. Okay. Um, and I guess like for me this year, it was, a, it was kind of about focusing on like, um, it's, hard, it's hard to describe this, but like seeing like the bigger picture like not necessarily getting so caught up in the moment especially like if it's kind of like an emotional kind of moment like if you feel yourself getting like frustrated or angry like really like focusing on like taking a step back and being like hey like either this isn't that big of a deal or it's kind of one it's kind of like a small piece in kind of a, a bigger a bigger story like you know kind of like the old adage of like well just like kind of sleep on it and come back to it the next day kind of thing like not not reacting always like right in the moment yeah that's way better <laughs> <laughs> you give everybody a life lesson and i give a keyboard shortcut. okay no but i i very much agree with that and i i think somewhat uh i've, I've grown to learn that too but no just again man 20 late 20s are a a hell of a learning experience. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, uh, we uh, we need to have a show on that eventually. But uh, yeah, that's that's fantastic. Yeah, I, I think yeah, be, being less emotional and thinking more about because yeah, at this age you you get a lot more life experience and and also uh, context and I think uh, emotional like uh, maturity right comes yeah. with that. Emotional maturity is a great phrase, and like I think the takeaway I've had from it is you're never going to regret not overreacting to something. Like you're only ever going to regret instances where you let emotions get the best of you. Like yeah. you're never going to, you're never going to wake up the next morning and be like, man, I wish I would have gotten more mad about that yesterday. But in the like moment it feels so good. <laughs> no, it does. And I think in the moment you're maybe left feeling a little unsatisfied, but 
you at least then don't have the regret that you frequently have from, you know, overreacting to something. Sure. And the high ground feels good for a lot longer than, uh, yeah. Or the high road. Sorry. Yeah, no, no, exactly. (sighs) All right. Can we edit in me saying something more profound? Definitely. Yeah. No, we'll, we'll go back. We'll go back and we'll cut, we'll we'll cut that together. Uh, that was your topic too <laughs> it wasn't i was trying to think like uh, like I, I thought i would have some like good takeaway but not at all oh that's good <laughs> all right and then uh so that, that's kind of like those that's kind of like the 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 end of the 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 best and worst of kind of topics we had so do you want to do and this can be very informal uh just kind of predictions or things you're just like just musing about what you what you're interested in or what you're hopeful for yeah yeah i mean i think you know um going back to my like most promising product of 2016 being vr um i fully expect vr to have a really bumpy start like i i'm i i I can already see the headlines of the buggy software of people getting motion sick um of hardware maybe being a little shoddy in terms of like build quality like people like people getting headaches from wearing it too long so can i can i ask you a question like because i'm somebody who's really skeptical on that and i just i don't see the appeal so is this an immediate thing for just gaming like is this purely like a a, because i don't know how quick or how soon or how far out oculus because they're the they're kind of like at the forefront of this right yeah, and they've publicly said um, kind of first quarter next year. So I think we're probably like March, April. So but what applications are going to be available? Is it all just like immersive video gaming or are there any other things? Oculus has been very gaming focused. Um, and I, I think initially that's where, um, that's where we're going to be is, is gaming focused. And, and specifically with games, I think what people are craving, and we've talked about this on the show where games in terms of just raw graphics haven't really improved dramatically from the previous generation to the, this current generation especially when you compare the going from the previous generations where you went from like the original Xbox to the 360 and the PS2 to the PS3 where where you were going from standard def to high def like we didn't we didn't have that jump again this generation and so i think VR represents like that true next generation gaming experience but i think that gaming is just the beginning i think the other thing that that i've talked a lot about on the show is how we're kind of we're kind of craving like that next or at least i am like that next big leap in user interface and in the way that we interact with our devices like you know we went from obviously like a keyboard and a mouse to touch in the last handful of years but to me it's like okay wait what what's after touch and I think VR represents the direction of maybe like what's next. Hmm. And I think it's not it's not just VR alone. Like I think you have to kind of supplement that with like augmented reality and that kind of thing. But like this type of direction is I, I, what I think really is next. Interesting, because because I would disagree. I think much much more of it is going to be natural language and artificial intelligence like oh, I, I mean that, that's a good one too yeah like i mean i just because i because all of this it's gonna be a super long time before this stops being kind of like funky goggles right yeah yeah like because eventually it'll get built into like eyeglasses probably sort of right 
but like for now, it's going to be kind of like a big to do and something that you will only do inside your home or maybe like some like video game lounge or someplace where like it's it's designed for it. This is not going to be like a regular world thing for quite a long time, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. For me, I think the stuff that gets me most excited and also uh, fear, fearful is is artificial intelligence and just like things like the Amazon Echo, which I'm I'm sure like I, I can't bring myself to buy, but I think stuff like that, like an always on thing that understands you just talking to it. Like if I couldn't like just like hoping that Siri like in 2018 or something like just was so much better and just knew what you meant and fully integrated with everything. Like if I could just speak to it and say, find me that work document inside Dropbox that I, that I was looking at earlier today. And it just came up. Like if stuff like that actually worked, I think that is something that's really powerful and also something that is, I guess, and I, my view is warped on this because I'm not a gamer, but I find that that would be more universal and perhaps like game changing than anything else. Just in the sense that like if you've used Google now or just kind of like Google has changed a lot in the past two years where you can type almost anything into Google and it almost always finds what you want. And also to the point where it will suggest related questions or other things you could have asked, which are almost always exactly what you wanted to know. So like it just there's there's a lot going on with uh, with AI and, and, and uh, machine learning and that kind of stuff that it excites me a ton. And I'm not sure it's going to be strictly a 2016 thing, but I think we're going to see a lot more of it. Yeah, uh, that, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, and then just more, um, uh, less broadly, uh, any predictions or hopes for iPhone 7 or anything that you really rely on? Like, not specifically, just like headphone jack stuff, but do you, do you think anything? I think like... Um... Like context sensitive stuff. Like, didn't there was like a feed? Like, I don't know if it was like an HTC thing or like an Android thing where, like, it, it, like the software would try to like understand like where you were, like if you were at home or if you were like at your office, and it would like kind of that was kind of an HTC thing. And yeah, and on that, like, like, can I just give Apple some credit real quick? Uh, it's got it's the Siri suggestion thing has gotten really oddly good to the point where it does a lot of really smart stuff like it knows that when i connect to the like the wi-fi network at my gym that i want strava and spotify and the activity app kind of in my suggestions and then when i get into my car it automatically knows that that's the bluetooth device that and and that is my automobile and that it will send me the traffic update immediately the moment i get in my car there's a lot of stuff like that that actually works really well. It's just that since it's Apple, there's zero documentation on why it works the way it does. And that, that makes it, I guess, confusing and sometimes aggravating. But stuff like that is actually really neat. Yeah, and I, I would love to see more of that. Like, I, I would love where, um, you know, like when I, when I got on my home Wi-Fi, um, you know, like... Um, I can't, can't think of a lot of great examples of specifically what I would want, I guess. But like, I don't know. Just like the little fiddly things you have to manage through the day. It'd be nice or, to just like... like no, I, I know what you mean. Like, uh, like if it automatically... Because I know there was one like when, when you got home or like based on GPS location, it like I know this matters less with the Apple Watch, but it would automatically like change your ringtones or like put your phone on silent or something like that. 
Oh, that yeah, that was that was like the HTC thing, right? Is like the, yeah, like it would detect what Wi-Fi network you were on, and it would determine whether you wanted your phone, um, um, like yeah, on, on silent or if you wanted the the ringtone to be audible, or like you know, also like I think this has been a popular request for a long time, which is if I'm on my home Wi-Fi network, like just leave my phone unlocked. Although I guess with Touch ID being so fast now, like, that's not as big of an issue, but. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's always that's always been a big one. Um, yeah, I mean, just I guess like in general, just like making it so that iOS kind of just does what you want it to do without having to manually manage anything. Like notifications are a great example too. Like I would love if like somehow instead of having this list of every single app that's installed on your phone and you having to manually go through. <laughs> and manage which notifications you get. I would love if it could dynamically learn like, oh, you know, these are the apps that you access a ton every day. Of course, you'd want notifications from these. These are the apps you never open. So yeah, you don't want notifications from those. Obviously, that's a, that's a basic idea, but like something along those lines. That notification management is actually a really good one. That, that's one thing they have to address eventually because the fact that that's just alphabetical and it's just a complete mess. Like I... And I I appreciate that Apple gives you that granular level of control because it seems very un-Apple-like of them. And I do like being able to specifically say that something can't be shown on a lock screen and that it can't have like a little badge because it, it'll bug me, but I can still get those little banner alerts. Like, I think that's good. But yeah, if they could find a way to prioritize that stuff or make it more useful without it being so fiddly, uh, that would be really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, 2016, you think it'd be a big year for cord cutters? Or, like, do you think we're going to, well, I should ask this differently. Do you think we're going to see uh, ESPN standalone service in 2016? Because I think that's the big tell, or that's, that's the big one. You know, I don't, I don't know enough about the business side of all that to say. I don't, I don't know how close we are to that being a, a realistic thing. Do you think there will be, well, I'm, 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 I'm pretty sure the answer is no, but uh, in market, giant streaming this year or next year i feel like we're close right i mean are we though because that was just because fox sports had a deal with a bunch of like like not minor league but like less popular midwest teams like it has to be coming right because like it exists in the nba right yeah I, I believe you can stream warriors games through some csn bay area thing i've never done it well but... i mean if you buy league pass and you are in market can you watch them? No. Oh. <laughs> I was about to say, like, but the, I, but the NBA is the Enlightened is... League, but... No, but I think there is a way to, like, stream Warriors games, I, I think. I think there's, like, NBC Sports Extra or something streams most of them? Right, that's what I... Yeah. Like, and the thing I don't get is how... Why is CSN not... In, like, do you use Xfinity TV Go, right? No, not really. Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. That's one of the Xfinity apps that doesn't stink. Um, but yeah, I'm surprised that like they have a, a whole bunch of live channels that you can stream. There's about probably like 30 of them. It makes no sense to me that CSN, uh, CSN Bay Area is not one of them. It's their own channel. And they obviously know that you're paying for it. So what, what does it matter? It's got to be something to do with the, I don't know, some deal with the, with the leagues. But, like, I, I guess conceptually, I don't understand the reason that matters. I'm, I'm with you. I know. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. All right, so no, no, no call on, um, on ESPN. That's okay. 
<laughs> do you think uh, Uber will make it to two billion trips this year? <laughs> it took them five and a half to get to one billion. That's that seems a little ambitious, but uh, it's it, it's possible. Yeah, uh, it's gonna be a big year. I think so. Yeah, I, I think so. And this show will be back next year. It will be. It'll be back. Um, we've been pretty much every Wednesday, and it will will be um, will be we're cranking along in twenty sixteen. Yes, sir. Go Warriors. Yeah. <laughs>